Well, hello church, how good it is to worship with you today. I'm so glad you've joined us for our online services as we continue our series, Love Does. I wanna remind you that indoor services begin October 25th. Here's what that means for you. Online services will continue just as they have, so you're welcome to continue to worship through this way. Drive-in services will also continue. A lot of people have said they like the kind of seeing each other, but they also kind of want to stay separate for now. Our gathered service is going to move indoors into the sanctuary on October 25th. And then additionally, we're launching what we call micro venues. These are for people who want to be together, just not with very many people. And you can inquire for information about that if that sounds like you. And all that begins October 25th which means that next week is our last outdoor service. If you haven't tried it yet, it is a ton of fun. We've got outdoor seating here under the pavilion, plus drive-in seating all throughout the parking lot. And since last week is our last week, I thought it'd be super fun if we just filled the parking lot. So if you haven't tried it, do it next week, October 18th. It'll be your last chance to worship in the outdoor service in 2020. So that way, 20 years from now, you can tell your grandkids, I was there when we worshiped outside. But today, I am thrilled that you're joining us online as we continue our series, Love Does. I'm feeling great today. I was on vacation last week, which meant I got to sleep in, I got to be outside. But while I was on vacation, I had a curious experience. I was messing around exploring near a trail that I have literally hiked hundreds and hundreds of times. I was wandering through the bush alongside this creek looking for new places that I hadn't seen before. And I wound up on a little side trail. It was one I'd hiked before. I, I knew what trail it was and I knew where it went. I was always curious because people rave about this trail, but to me it was just so-so. I hiked out to the overlook and it was lovely, but as I recalled, it was not exceptional. The trail continued on, but I hadn't continued on in decades because I didn't really think it went anywhere. But today, I nothing else to do, I decided to wander along the trail. It was steep, it was narrow, it was kind of hemmed in with briar bushes. I thought to myself smugly, right. This is why I never hike this trail. And then, after a little rocky scramble up a steep incline, all of a sudden, beauty. The rocks stuck out above the trees and you could see forever. The whole gorge laid out before me. For 20 years, I'd been hiking half the trail. And the first half of the trail was pretty enough, but not so pretty that I hiked it very often. But I'd forgotten. In fact, I'm not even sure I'd ever knew just how pretty that trail was if you hiked it all the way. And today, I'd love for you to take a journey with me like that. A journey all the way to the end of the trail, to the full love that God has for you. We're talking today about how you can experience the audacious love of God. Now, in this world, I've discovered there are two ways to communicate love. And there are two ways to experience love. The first is with the grand gesture. 
And the second is with the quiet consistency. And both of these, in different situations, can work quite well. We've all heard of grand gestures, proposals, and elaborate gifts that have gone over swimmingly, and everybody's thrilled, and love is communicated, and love is experienced. But both of these can also go wrong. Maybe you're steadily trying to show someone an act of love, making them breakfast every day, day after day, and they don't even eat breakfast. I have a memory of when I had planned a grand gesture for Betsy. This was before I'd figured out that she wasn't really a fan of grand gestures, and it ended in disaster. I was in college, we were in a long distance relationship, and it was the very early days of the internet. And a buddy of mine said that if I joined him on a Saturday morning, he could teach me how to make a web page. And this was back when that was very, very rare. And I was so excited and I knew what my web page would be about. It would be about how much I loved Betsy. And so I got up early and I went to the computer lab and he taught me how to write the code and I loaded in the pictures and by like six in the evening, after spending the whole day in the computer lab, my web, day was, my web page was finished and published celebrating my love for Betsy. I ran back to the dorm, I waited in line to use the hall phone. We didn't have cell phones, we didn't have phones in our room. One phone with a hall. I called the hall phone of Betsy's dorm and asked for Betsy. Somebody answered, they went to get her, and I could tell from the moment she answered the phone that something was wrong. Here I had this grand gesture of my love planned. I told her all about it, and she was unimpressed. Because we hadn't been able to talk much that week, and I had promised her I would call her at 10 a.m. that morning. And with no cell phones and no room phones, that meant she had sat in the lobby by the dorm phone waiting for me to call until she gave up. In the grand gesture, I had forgot the simple act and what I thought would communicate love instead ruined it. Like I said, it can be hard to communicate love sometimes. And when it goes wrong, it goes wrong, but sometimes it goes right. And some of you could tell a story of grand gestures of love that meant so much to you, or steady acts of love that have just laid the foundation for the love you experience. And that's awesome, because everybody wants to be loved. I'm quite convinced that our need to be loved is like a great emptiness inside of us. And when our need to be loved is unfulfilled, we just ache. We die inside for want of being loved. And that void, that emptiness that was designed by God to be filled up with love, when instead it isn't, it drives us to destruction. It drives some people to self-destruction and self-loathing. It drives other people to hatred and destroying of others because we hunger so much to be loved, we lashed out when the love we want isn't there. My grandmother used to say, if a kid would pick on me in school, she would say, don't be too hard on them. They probably don't get enough love. That's the real problem. And I would want to say back, that is not the real problem. 
The real problem is they stole my tense pencil and broke it. Or the real problem is they won't let me play on the playground. Or the real problem is they pushed me down the stairs. But she would insist that those were the symptoms of the problem. That the real problem was that there should be love in their life. Instead, there was emptiness. And over the years, I've become convinced that my grandmother was right. That people are aching to know that they are loved. And when they are not loved, when where there should be love, there's instead emptiness inside them, that we, we get destructive of ourselves and others. Which is why the first thing you've got to know about the audacious love of God is that it is audaciously for you. You are loved by God. And God has proved it the same way love is always proven. God has proved it in the grand gesture. And God has proved it in the simple, steady love. This right here is the love tank we all have before we know about the love of God. And there's a little water in it, not very much. And that's about how much love people can pour in to our lives. For us really to be filled up with love, we've got to know and understand the love of God. So what are some of these grand gestures of God's love, God's audacious love for you? Well, for starters, God made you. Psalm 139, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days of my life were ordained for me before one of them came to be. Psalm 139 goes on and on, on about the intimacy with which God made you and loved you. If today you're feeling like where there should be love in your life, instead there is emptiness. This is the first thing you gotta know. God made you. God loves you. God delights in your creation. You are God's beloved. Now, what's another grand gesture? Well, maybe you've heard of this one. If you haven't, I can't wait to tell you. God sent Jesus Christ to die so that you could live. When I was a little boy, my grandmother taught me this, this simple way to remember. She said, how much does God love you? Well, Jesus said, I love you this much. And he stretched out his arms and died. That is how much God loves you. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave up his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Or 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So when you forget, and you wonder, am I loved? 
and the ache inside you grows, that hunger to be loved, remember this, Jesus Christ died for you. That is how much God loves you. Then we can do more. We can do so much about the grand gestures of God's love, but let me just do one more. One of my favorites. God who made you, God who saved you through Jesus' death and resurrection, that same God has adopted you. God said, you are my kid. You who were an orphan and forgotten and unloved, God says, I want you to be part of my family. 1 John 3, 1 says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. I have a little habit. I'm not even sure if it's embarrassing. Maybe you think it is. It's one of my favorite things. When I forget that I'm loved, and when I feel that ache for love in me, the hunger for love that could, could turn me towards self-destruction, or hatred of others. I remember that verse because of a little song I was taught as a kid. It goes like this. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the children of God, that we should be called the children of God. If you wonder if you're loved, God has said, you are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are loved by me. Uh, Paul writes to Titus this way. He says, there was this one time when we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved. We lived in malice and envy. We hated one another and we were hated by one another. But because of the kindness and love of God, which appeared in Jesus Christ, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we'd done, but because of his mercy. He saved us and through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit that has been poured on us generously through Jesus Christ, we have now been justified by grace and we have become heirs with the hope of eternal life. And then he writes, that is a saying you can count on. This is how God loves you. If you want to be reminded of how big God's love is, think of these three big things, just these three big things. He made you, he saved you, and he adopted you. But the grand gestures only ever fill up the love tank so much. Even the grand gestures of God don't fill us all the way up. In addition, we need to remember about the steady, quiet love of God. In Lamentations, Jeremiah writes this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every 
morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my supplier. Therefore, I will hope in him. If you want to let God fully supply your need for love, it's not enough to know about the grand gestures. You've got to know about the steadfast love of God. This is the love that just trickles into your life. When the Bible promises that God brings the sun and the rain to the just and the unjust alike. When the Bible says that God will give you the strength to work and God has meaningful work prepared for you to do. When Psalm 103 says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not accuse forever, nor will he stay angry, for he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his great love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far he will remove our transgressions. This is how God loves you, not just in the grand gesture, but every day forgiving you and caring for you and supplying your needs and bringing the sun and the rain in season. This, the grand gesture of God's love and the sustaining, supplying love of God, this is awesome. Today, I want you to be filled up by the audacious love of God. Some of you need to take a deep breath and just live in those truths for a bit. Your love tank has gotten dry and empty and you need to just let God love you for a minute. In fact, the truth is that there are lots of things in life that kind of drain our love tank, don't they? Uh, people attack us and circumstances surround us, disappointment sneaks in, and if we are not tapped into God as the source of our love, it'll soon be dry and empty once again. In fact, there's just one more thing you need to know. One more thing you need to experience all the love that God wants to pour into your life like the hike where I'd just done the first half for years and only seen the mediocre view. If you'll go with me to the end of the journey, I want you to discover that God has so much more love to pour into your life if you'll just go all the way to the end of the trail. Because if you want to let the love of God flow most completely into your life, you're gonna have to let your love overflow. You see, this is how God wants love to work for those of us who are in Christ. God wants to us to be so completely living in the context of God's love that it overflows beyond the boundaries of our life. That text we read earlier, 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Here's what it says next. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Uh, in the next chapter, he writes, Dear friends, let us love one another. 
for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, listen to this, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is a little annoying, isn't it? This is a little distracting. You see the water is just getting everywhere. My shoes are soaked, they're off camera, but trust me, they're soaking wet by now. God says, this is how you're supposed to live. So poured into with God's love that you just pour out love everywhere. He goes on, he says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Nobody's ever seen God. But if we love one another, then God's love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and have his spirit. How do you know? Like if you want to be sure that you're living in God, well, love will be overflowing out of your life. He says, if you acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God, then God lives in you. And so you can rely on the love of God for us. In verse 20, he says this, whoever claims to love God, but hates their brother and sister. No love overflows from their life. They, they've got the love they need, but there's no love overflowing for other people. If you claim to love God, but there's no love overflowing from your life for your brother or sister, you're a liar. Because if you're not loving others, then you're not really loving God. He says, this is our command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. That's the secret of the audacious love of God. It starts with recognizing the implications of the grand gesture. You have been made by God and saved by God and adopted by God. It starts with, with living into the sustaining love of God who is your supplier and provider and forgiver and guide. But it is not made complete until the love of God given to you has overflowed from your life. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others in their trouble with the same comfort that we receive from God. God's audacious love is the template for how we love others. It's like this hose. Oh, you could just let a little water in to fill it up, or you could decide to stay connected to the love of God and let it overflow through your life into the lives of others. All right, Jesus told his disciples, this is how they'll know you follow me when you love one another. The clearest indication that we are receiving and living in the love of God is when that love overflows into the lives of others. 
So here's what we know. When people are hateful, when I'm hateful, when you are hateful, the Bible tells us what the problem is. They're either needy or they're greedy. There, you see, there are two things that make us stingy to love others. Either you're trying to hold on to all the love for yourself, which never works and just makes you greedy, or you've let yourself be cut off from the source of God's love. And you're watching your tank run dry and you think you've got no love to share. My grandma was right about the bullies in elementary school. What they did to me was the symptom. The real problem was that they didn't know how loved they were. They weren't so profoundly loved that that love overflowed out of their lives into the lives of others. You see, when you let yourself hate someone, and just think for a minute about the person or the group that is annoying you the most right now. Maybe you read about them on television or you see it on Facebook and they drive you crazy. When you let yourself hate someone or some group, the first person hurt by your hatred is not them. It's you. Because that means less love is pouring out of your life. And that can only happen if less love is pouring in your life. Because when God's love is really pouring in your life, it overflows. Likewise, when you let yourself love someone, whether it's a friend or a neighbor or a colleague or an enemy, when you let someone, when you let yourself love someone, the first person blessed by that choice to love is also you. Because that love that flows out of your life is only there because God poured it in. And so what you're really doing is just letting God pour love into your life and through your life. You see, the only way to fully experience the audacious, amazing, surprising, sustaining, remarkable, unexpected love of God is to love others in the very same way. Been hiking that same trail for decades. I'd always stop short of the best part. I've been within a hundred yards of it countless times, but I've never gone all the way. Don't do the same with God's love. We let God love us by believing in the great work of God's love. He made you and saved you and adopted you. We continue to experience God's love by, by living in the sustaining love of God who forgives you and heals you and guides you. And when we're ready, we experience the fullness of the audacious love of God when we let it overflow and decide to love others. We're calling this series Love Does, and this week I just want to challenge you. If you want to really experience the poured out fullness of God's love, let it pour through you.
and love others this week. God bless. Let's pray. Gracious God, connect us with the audacious love of God. God, we ask that you would call us to be active conduits of your love. I pray for some people, God, who need to have their love tank filled up with the truth of your creation and your salvation and your adoption. I pray for some people who need to lean into your sustaining love and your forgiveness and your healing. But I pray that we will not stop there. We won't stop when our tank is full, but we'll recognize that we haven't fully experienced your love for us until we let it overflow through us to a world that is desperately in need of your love. This is our prayer. Make it so in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.